Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let's talk politics some more. Uh, Ipsos uh, poll released this morning reveals how close the race for the federal election has become as we are into, I guess, theoretically the first week. Uh, and uh, it's fascinating. Uh, Ipsos poll says 35% shared by liberals and conservative uh, conservatives virtually at a dead heat. The NDP in at 14, the Greens at 9, uh, the Blocks at 4, and the People's Party at 2. To talk more about all of this, an expert in this sort of thing, especially when it comes to polling, they're doing their own uh, experiment as well. Barry Kay is with us, political science professor, Wilfrid Laurier University. He is with us now. Barry, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Hello, Scott. Are you surprised we are where we are at this time in the campaign? I mean, with a virtual dead heat between the Liberals and the Conservatives? Well, it's sort of a dead heat, and it's not a dead heat. in terms of It's East versus West, I guess, eh? Very much. Um, the, um, the national polls actually have been almost stalled for the last, the better part of two months. Uh, up one point, down a point, in around there. Uh, I mean, certainly within the margin of what used to be referred to as sampling error. Um, but in terms of seats, it's not a dead heat at all. And I, I'm not the first person to be saying that. Uh, the various other sources that are doing seat projections are coming up with the same sort of thing. The, um, in the West, the Conservatives are dominant, um, and that means they're wasting votes. They're wasting votes in Alberta. They're wasting votes in Saskatchewan. They're, frankly, wasting votes in much of rural Canada, not just the West, but especially in the West. Uh, so the numbers are dramatically higher for the um, Goodness, let me just uh, do a quick look. Uh, in uh, in the prairie, in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, the Conservatives are winning by 22 points. In the case of Alberta, they're winning by 36 points province-wide. British Columbia is closer. Um, but in Ontario, the margin of difference in this particular poll is eight points, for, which is actually an increase for the, the Liberals. And in uh, the rest of eastern Canada, the Liberals are up as well, but by figures that suggest they aren't wasting as many votes. Uh, we don't have a new, brand new seat projection. The, the explain, wh- explain to everybody what you mean by wasting votes, Barry. Winning, winning by so many votes yeah. that they're just in Alberta. They're sweeping the province. They may very well win every seat in Alberta. There's one or two that could be close, but they're winning them by, th- on average, in Alberta. They're winning them by an average of um, 30, 36 votes. And 36%, that, and that doesn't, and that, and that doesn't balance out throughout the rest of the country, obviously. And yeah, yeah. Whereas in Atlantic Canada, the Quebec, and in Ontario, which is really critical. Uh, the Liberals are ahead, but, but not by nearly as much. So effectively, the Liberal vote is much more efficiently distributed in the East than the Conservative vote is in the West. You throw it all together in a mishmash, and you've got a tie. But that's a tie in popular vote nationally. It's not a tie in terms of seats. The Liberals have actually been ahead for a while, but little by little it's been growing. And my hunch is that when we next do a projection, which we'll probably be doing in the next uh, couple of days, by the end of the week we'll have a new projection out, I have a hunch the Liberals might be even a little bit higher than they have been in the last one. But the one we had um, that came out last Thursday, uh, at that point the Liberals were at 161, the Conservatives were at 135, despite the fact that the, the national vote is virtually tied. Um, the trend suggests that the Liberals are going to be up even a little bit more when we do it next. Uh, what does the East versus West uh, tell us historically? Well, the fact that the Conservatives do disproportionately well in the West is hardly new. That goes back yeah. at least 60 years, back to the days of John Diefenbaker, and maybe even further back than that. 
and there's kind of uh, been a history of kind of Western alienation that the they were not catching a fair break. Over the years, in fact, more people have moved to the West. In the old days, Alberta wasn't all that significant a province relative to the others, but Alberta is now twice as big as either uh, Manitoba or Saskatchewan, more than twice as big. So there are more people living in the West. There's more seats there. But the idea of Western alienation is toward the fact that the liberals were the establishment party of Bay Street in the old days, at least, um, that, that that's continued on. I don't want to suggest that this is all based on 1930s and 1940s mythology. But the fact that, the, the, um, that rural Western Canada has been dominated by the Conservative Party is not something that's new. It's just that the phenomenon, if anything, is even stronger than it's been before. The only two places where the, um, and I may have mentioned this on past shows, uh, where the Liberals get in, in any significant number of seats at all in the West is in the Vancouver area and in Winnipeg, so the big cities. Occasionally they win there. They have a shot at Regina Wiscano uh, with Goodale. There's the odd other seat here and there, uh, but by and large, they by wasting votes, I'm suggesting that they're winning by so many votes that they're inefficiently distributed. In Ontario, the Liberals are winning, but not by nearly as much. But it, if uh, in Ontario, of course, we have more seats. We especially have more competitive seats, and that again particularly pertains to the 905, the area basically from Ottawa, Oshawa rather through. Oakville and even beyond, really through the Niagara Peninsula. A lot of the most competitive seats, though, are between Oakville, uh, Mississauga, Brampton, York Region, places like Vaughan, Whitby, and Markham, and so forth. Those are the er those are the seats that are competitive. The Liberals aren't going to win them all, but the Liberals are going to probably do a little bit better than they did last last couple of weeks. You know, given given the numbers, and I can imagine a few seats that um, that may sort of come into their fold. Some of the seats that are in some of them are very much in your listening area. A seat like Burlington, a seat like Oakville North, um, a seat like um, uh, well Richmond Hill and Aurora are getting closer into the, the into the Toronto area. All of those are seats that are very much at the cusp. Given that the the 19 excuse me the 2015 performance compared to what's happening now i can add a few more but that's the area where the most competitive seats are are st catharines is another one uh the, the the main oakville seat is another one all of those are seats that are just right at the cusp and if the liberals are gaining a couple of points not all of them but some of those seats are going to probably come into the liberal fold away from the conservative fold uh it seems that many are as interested in the race for third and fourth as they are for first and second ndp at 14 percent greens at nine how close is this race well that too the uh, ultimately the contest in canada isn't about popular vote it's about seats the greens have historically and small parties generally have historically been underrepresented that applies to the ndp historically as well the greens for the first time at least have some concentration and uh, they're they're going to do very well on Vancouver Island at the moment i don't see them winning seats beyond Vancouver Island although if they do a little bit better in Atlantic Canada there are one or two seats there one is Fredericton another is Malpec and BEI those are seats they could pick up those are areas that they've done well provincially but by and large the um, the greens are going to have to pick up a lot more popular vote in the regions uh, before they're going to win many more seats. I've still got the, the Greens just down at six seats. The NDP doesn't seem to be that far ahead, but the NDP vote, while not as efficiently spread out as the Liberals, is certainly more efficient than the, um, than the Greens. So um, the, the, the NDP does have areas of concentration in B.C., in urban Ontario, particularly in Hamilton, Hamilton, Windsor, but also in the north, areas uh, like Timmins um, and uh, Nickel Belt and areas, areas in the industrial north. The, the, uh, the NDP is going to lose probably more than half of its seats because it's going to get virtually wiped out in Quebec. There's only one seat in Quebec that's um, Rosemont in the east end of Montreal, where I think they've got a serious shot. At the, at the moment, I think the NDP will be down from 15 wins last time to maybe one if they're lucky this time. So it all depends not just 
um, what the, na- the national vote is, but or even to the full extent of the regional vote. It's a matter of whether the party is doing better or worse in seats that they performed competitively and in the past. The NDP is not going to have a good night. They're not going to be particularly happy. I do think that they're going to be significantly ahead of the Greens because the Green vote is even less efficiently spread out than the NDP vote. The block is coming up, but I don't see at the moment that the block is probably... I've got, I had the NDP at 21 seats in the last projection. I'm not quite sure where they're going to be the next one. I doubt if it'll be any higher, but it'll probably be in around 2021. The, um, the block we've got at, I think it was 13 seats at the last... Um, the last projection. Uh, let me just uh, check that number. Yeah, 13. Um, and they may win a few more as well. By and large, though, those NDP losses in Quebec, I'm assuming the lion's share of them, at least three quarters of them, are probably going to go liberal rather than block. Hmm. But those are seats. There are virtually, uh, of the 15 seats the NDP won, almost all of them, except maybe that one in Rosemont, I think are going to go, go in another direction. My hunch is they're more going to go to the liberals than the, um, than the block. The Conservatives might pick up the odd one, but the Conservative strength in Quebec is very much uh, centered on Quebec City, and the NDP didn't do all that well there, so there aren't that many seats uh, in, in that particular area. Nationally, the, ND, the, uh, the Liberals are down from last time, and they're probably the most interesting question at the moment, and the world can change in the next five weeks. The, uh, the election will be five weeks yesterday. Uh, the, probably the most interesting uh, question will be, because I do think the Liberals are ahead, even though the national polls look like they're tied. Um, the most interesting question is whether the Liberals have a shot at a majority. I, I don't have them there, but we've got them now in the 160 range, um, so that it wouldn't take a great deal more of additional strength for the Liberals to push them over 170. At the moment, I think we're still in minority government territory, but the Liberals are getting closer and closer. The Liberals, for the last few um, projections, had been had a lead of about four to five points in Ontario. I, it looks like we're going to be closer to seven points the next time when we throw in the, the new the new polls, including that Ipsos poll. The Ipsos poll, in fact, had an eight-point lead in the province of Ontario. Um, we we average it in with a number of other uh, a number of other polls, but it looks like it's going to be closer to seven. And that jump from five or five and a half to seven is probably going to give the Liberals a few more seats in Ontario. Probably not enough to give them a majority, but certainly enough to get them very close to a majority. Uh, what about uh, Elizabeth May, who I should mention will be on the show in the one o'clock hour? Elizabeth May of the Green Party. What's her biggest challenge uh, getting beyond a one-issue party, uh, selling beyond green? Well, she's going to try to arrange. You know, the global warming is an important issue, particularly for young voters, and those are the kind of people that move toward the Greens. Unfortunately, young voters are also less likely to vote. So she's got to mobilize the young person's vote and make sure that those people feel strongly enough about the climate issue. Uh, but the, the Greens have a fuller program. She was talking yesterday about free tuition. She was talking about expanded health care, although she's not the only party that's talking about that. The irony, of course, for the Greens is nobody expects them to form the government any more than they for, expect the NDP to form the government. So in a sense, they can say whatever they want, and they will be pushing for those issues, but they're not going to have nearly enough seats uh, to be able to actually put in, implement those issues. So she's got to make it sound like she is distinctive enough from the NDP or from the Liberals or whoever might be wavering from one party to another to suggest they should vote Green, even though in much of the country, the Greens aren't really a viable choice. The Greens aren't going to finish first or even second. There are places where the Greens are going to do very well. Ironically, you know, around uh, this part of the world, certainly in the uh, Waterloo region where I am, most of the seats are really liberal conservative contests. In Hamilton, the NDP is very well placed in most of the seats. So those are frequently NDP liberal contests. Hamilton West and Flamborough would be more liberal conservative. But 
in Vancouver Island, the contest is going to be, for the most part, between the Greens and the New Democrats. So, again, in different parts of the country, there are different contests. In uh, Vancouver Island, a vote for the Greens is in no sense a wasted vote. In the Hamilton area or in the Waterloo region, I'm not so sure. And that, that's her problem, is to kind of suggest that people should vote for her party, even though the party really isn't historically competitive in, in much of the country. What's a win for them this year? Uh, would it be to just replace the NDP as the third-party option? Oh, well, I, that would be a win, I guess. I, I think that's pretty far-fetched. Um, I don't, the NDP is going to have a bad night, but I don't think the NDP is going to be behind the, the Greens. I don't think they're going to be behind the, um, the block either, even though there's been some speculation in those areas. Uh, look, victory is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, for on the past several elections, the Greens have been lucky to win one seat. They now have two because they won a by-election. We've got them at six. That's tripling their, their number of seats, and certainly their, their vote is, is up dramatically as well. But as I say, victory is in the eye of the beholder. If, you, if you're happy, um, six seats is a victory if, in fact, um, you've only historically had one or two. But uh, I'm not sure. They just want to maximize the number of seats they can. Look, we're five weeks away from the election. Lots of things can happen, and I don't want to suggest that the, the numbers that we are, we're looking at, the numbers you can look at our LISPOP website. It's lispop.ca. And there's other sites that are out there. Uh, Grenier's doing it uh, with Poll Tracker. Um, there's 338 Canada. There's um, Calculated Politics. Those are all sites that are using comparable methods in terms of using regional regional polling, not the national numbers, but the regional polls, and projecting it. They all have a slightly different formula, and they uh, evaluate the polls a little bit differently. For example, I downweight... Um, I downweight the robo-polls, where some of the others right. take all polls seriously. I don't want to get into the technicalities of that. So there are going to be some differences. Let me ask you this. Will the, will the Green Party become successful over time as the environmental issue deepens? Is it Lots just, is it just a matter of time before they become more in fashion? Well, the, 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 uh, the environmental issue is becoming more important. I don't think the Green Party is going to disappear. Uh, I think it would be behoove the Green Party and, frankly, the NDP, because frequently they're uh, playing for the same people or uh, trying to attract the same voters, to make strategic arrangements where they get out of the way of each other in certain ridings. I don't think that's about to happen because, for credibility's sake, you want to seem to be running a national campaign. But our electoral system tends to um, uh, handicap parties that sort of run into each other like the uh, Greens and the NDP does. I don't, think the ND, I don't think the Greens are going away at all. I th- and, in fact, logic suggests they will get stronger over time. But circumstances yeah. change. Uh, two elections ago, in 2011, the, the NDP won 103 seats. Last time they were down to 44, which was still one of the best seats, best performances ever. This time they're down to half of that. Um, that doesn't mean that the NDP is disappearing. I don't think they are. And then another election, they may very well come back. So the, 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 the trend lines do not go consistently in one direction. But when you've only been at one seat, as the Greens have been, you know, everything is up in an improvement. And I think this will be the best election ever for the Greens. I don't think they're going to come. Uh, third, I don't think they're going to come fourth in terms of seats. I think in terms of the number of seats at the end of the night, as best we can judge, based upon polls that have been taken place just in the, the first uh, week and a half or two of, uh, of September, um, I, I would suggest that the Greens are probably going to be in fifth place behind both the Bloc and the NDP. Uh, but they should be happy with that because that's, it's a, that's it's an increase. better than they've ever done before. Sure. I uh, can't let you go without asking your thoughts on Maxime Bernier being, in, being included in the uh, televised debate. We'll see if it has much impact. He's only gotten 3% of the vote in polls generally. I, I still expect him to win his own seat. We'll see about that. I don't expect him to go any further. The impact on the debate, people that are going to vote for Bernier are probably would otherwise probably vote conservative, so he's going to hurt the conservatives a little bit, but probably not too much. Just as, as the Greens go up, they are hurting the Liberals and, and the NDP. Uh, so Bernier's presence on the, uh, on the debate will probably come out of sheer and the conservatives a little bit. 
But in fact, the the liberals are being hurt even more by the liberals in the NDP than the conservatives are by the by Bernier. Barry Kay has been with us, political science professor at Wilfrid Laurier University. Barry, as always, thanks so much for the time. Fascinating discussion. We'll chat again. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to three on 900 CHML.